Hey, what's up, Warrior? It is Jeff from WarriorLife.com, and welcome to podcast episode number 388. This week, it's time to really geek out on a firearms training concept that's it's kind of like the secret password into the cool kids group. And I'll admit, I was a bit skeptical of this myself at first, um, but I've seen enough top-tier shooters kind of get this knowing grin on their face when the topic comes up that this really is a thing. So it's time to take a trip down the rabbit hole, and let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. Okay, if you're ever in Little League growing up, and you're, you're probably told to keep your eye on the ball. And it's pretty obvious why, right? I mean, you can't hit what you can't see. And if you're hyper-focused on your target, in this case, we're talking about the ball, then that focus can give you a better chance of hitting that home run. So likewise, if you own a handgun, either for defensive purposes or even if it's just for fun marksmanship down at the range, you've learned how to hyper-focus your aim to have a better chance of hitting your target. Well, as it turns out, there's a little-known aspect of how our vision affects our performance, and it's been kind of a hidden secret among high-level athletes and even tactical firearms instructors. It's called Quiet Eye, and its development has now been integrated into top-tier training with everyone from ballerinas to Navy SEALs, and it could be the key to helping you make faster response decisions and be a more accurate shooter at the gun range and especially under the stress of a real attack. Hey there, Warriors. This is Jeff Anderson, Executive Director of WarriorLife.com and the Warrior Life Academy. And with me today to talk about the quiet eye concept and how to use it to be a better shooter and a protector is my friend, Mike Ox. Mike, welcome to the program, man. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Always good to have your uh, your gun nerdiness on the show. <laughs> um, listen, you guys, if you're, if you're not familiar with Mike yet, of course, he has the long resume of, of being an NRA instructor, range master, master level competition shooter with the world's fifth fastest competition score with a subcompact pistol. Um, but he's most known for his innovation in the firearms training products and the programs that he's developed over the years, like his dry fire training cards, his tactical vision training program, and of course, his best selling new book, Real World Gunfight Training, which gives you a glimpse into his development and his application of his Praxis gunfight training uh, system. So if you've ever seen any of Ox's work before, then you know why I like to call him the mad scientist of tactical firearms training is because his approach for himself as well as for those who train with him has always been to question tradition and to really look at the science behind skill development and then go and test out creative new ways to learn these skills faster and make them more accessible even during the stress of a real attack. Now, his brain-based training methods have really revolutionized many areas of firearms training and are now being used by military, law enforcement, and of course, everyday responsibly armed citizens. So for more information about Ox and his training, you can go and visit him online at www.tacticalshootingsecrets.com. Now, Mike, there, there almost seems to be this underground, like cool guys group of shooters who, who really nerd out on the quiet eye concept as it applies to speed and accuracy. But for a lot of gun owners, they've never heard of this concept before. So for the non-geeked out crowd, what exactly is Quiet Eye? So Quiet Eye is basically uh, a still eye. 
And what it comes from is a uh, Professor Vickers from the University of uh, Calgary in Canada. Back in the 80s, what she noticed was that uh, basketball free throw shooters who hit a higher percentage of shots, uh, they focused on the rim uh, about half a second longer than novice shooters did before they took their shot. And so the, the expert would shift their focus. They would let their focus settle or quiet, and then they would make their shot. And there were several advantages to it. Uh, one of them being that when the, the eyes were able to converge on a specific point on the rim, uh, the brain was able to figure out distance to a high degree of accuracy. And that's why in the, oh, I'm not sure when it started popping up for sure. Uh, I noticed it uh, probably 1989, 1990, uh, started seeing magic marker marks on the front of basketball rims and that's where that came from is she figured out if you are able to look at that and see only one dot rather than see two dots and ideally see a clear dot instead of a fuzzy dot then you're going to be able to uh, accurately know how far away the rim is and make your shot at a much higher percentage hmm. So when it comes to shooters, like how does quiet eye affect shooters who own a pistol for personal protection then? I mean, I, I get the, like, yeah. I actually used to use that in basketball too. Cause I used to, yeah. I studied basketball and, and uh, like, that was my, that was my jam. Like that was that my entire life revolved around basketball when I was a kid. And so I get that concept to it. Um, so how does it affect shooters who are looking, who have a, a, a firearm for personal protection? That's a really good question. Uh, there's a couple of different ways. Uh, actually, there's there's several applications. I'll I'll share two. One of them is uh, if you watch video of a lot of shooters, what happens is pistol comes up, pistol goes out, and then it just sits there uh, for a fraction of the of a second before the shooter takes the shot. And what's happening is. Uh, shooter moves the pistol, gets it all the way out here, and then they shift their focus and then they wait for their focus to settle and then they take the shot. Well, instead of doing that progression, if you shift your focus to the point in space where the front sight is going to be as your pistol is leaving the holster, by the time the sights get there, your vision will have settled and you'll be able to take the shot much, much quicker. And that's how we can uh, reduce or uh, almost eliminate the, the difference between how long it takes to make an aimed shot and how long it takes to make an undecided shot. And so that's one application. Another is uh, leading with your eyes before you turn your head and your body when you're transitioning between targets. Uh, if we shift our eyes and then allow our eyes to settle as our head and our body and our gun come into alignment, uh, by the time everything else has come into alignment, the eyes are ready to take the shot. And a third one, and this is a, this is a huge one. Um, it has to do with where you look when you are presented with a potential threat and it, a novice, uh, police officer, uh, this comes from, um, law enforcement, 
uh, studies that were done by Force Science and and also uh, Joan Vickers. Um, uh, they used eye tracking technology to see where the officers were looking, uh, leading up to uh, a uh, a use of force incident. And what they found was that novice officers their their eyes were going all over the place, and that meant that they were slower to realize that something was going on and they were slower to be able to process it and come up with a response and take action. The expert tended to focus uh, on the, the elbows of the, of the shooter and the shooter in the, in one of the cases were looking away from the officer uh, interacting with a secretary and the officer would just, go back and forth between looking at one elbow and the other. So as soon as that elbow moved to get the gun, uh, they stepped off line, drew, and they were able to have a very, very different outcome than the novice shooter. It looked like they were cheating, that they knew what was going to happen. And in a very, very real sense, they were uh, similar to how a fighter learns to read their opponent's hip and body movements to know what strikes are coming. Hmm. That's that's super interesting. I remember that study too. Um, I mean, the the difference between the rookies and the the trained officers it, it was like huge difference. So like it was it was a light years between them, and mm -hmm. you know you can chalk that up to experience because they weren't doing tactical vision training and quiet eye, like quiet eye concept was there. I get the um, the 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 tests that were done and everything, but the um, but it was such a difference, and so. The only way to get that, because I don't, I don't think they actually did any training visually before that. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I think it was really more of like an observation drill, like run the drill, and then there was a big difference. And so, but we can see where their eyes are going, and that's where we notice what you know what was happening with the people that were doing so much better. And when you think about it, the the experience of somebody who's been in law enforcement for a, a long period of time, they've dealt with interviews and they have worked, you know, had confrontations with people like you, you kind of learn on the fly, like you learn like the, mm -hmm. the school of hard knocks, if you will. Right. And so, so that becomes more in, ingrained in you. Whereas the defensive shooter who are 99% of the people, well, I can't say that. And we have a lot of law enforcement, we have a lot of military contractors that listen to our podcast. Um, so a lot of them probably understand exactly what we're talking about, but a lot of shooters, the they don't have any targets that are they're not doing force on force training they don't really have targets that they have to watch right like so it's a static piece of paper there's no reason for their eyes to be looking anywhere else other than the bullseye that they're trying to poke a hole into so so that i, th I find that really fascinating that this is something that um, you know do you have to become law enforcement do you have to join the military do you have to get expensive force on force training to be able to develop this so is this something like the ability to have better you know tactical vision the better quiet icon to be able to use that quiet eye concept is this something that can really be developed through training without having to have force on force training and that kind of experience yes absolutely and uh, going back to some of her original work one of the the really cool things that she found was that the whether people did this or did not do this was almost a filter of whether or not they were a uh, an elite performer in almost every sport and in 
uh, in basketball, in golf, in tennis, in, in almost everything, uh, place kicking, uh, the, the elite performers shared a common trait of a specific focus for a longer period of time before they took action. And once she figured out that common thread, then it was a matter of, all right, how do you incorporate this into training? But in the 40 years since then, we've got a, uh, a ton of proof that it's a, an incredibly uh, effective process and an incredibly effective technique. So then what are some of the benefits for shooters if they if they do the sort of training that will help them with with this concept with the quiet eye concept what are what are some of the things that they can expect to experience by by training this In a lot of cases it's uh, it's like a time warp in a gunfight so it allows you to uh, to see quicker to uh, process what you're seeing quicker and to react quicker than somebody whose eyes are just flicking all over the place in an undisciplined manner. And uh, that's one of the, the big things is that when we look at the, it, it's similar to an uh, OODA loop is we've got uh, visual input to the brain. Uh, then we have to process what we're seeing based on past experience and past knowledge, and then tie that to a motor output. And the person who can do that quickest and start that process soonest is the one who has a much, much higher uh, probability of winning. Hmm. Hmm. The, um, I, I've talked with this about with, um, with some other instructors before. Like I said, this, this seems to be like the cool, the cool group kind of knows about this. And there's like, it's almost like this, this grin that comes across people's faces when I, when they, uh, when they start, when they, and then they just kind of shake their head like, yeah, that's like going down the rabbit hole once you, once you really start doing this. But, um, yes. but it, but it is fascinating to me, um, especially when we talk about like open eye, open eye, um, uh, open eye shooting and the other things that really, that happen in a real attack, some of the things that you're really going to have to do. And I think this is one of those areas that we don't, we don't know what we don't know. And so, we just assume because we can see that there's no vision problem. So it's vision isn't something that most people, I think, even think to look at training when it comes to shooting. We, um, they think that of that more like it's aiming, like it's aiming training when it's an aspect of that, right? Uh, just like you were talking about the, the, you know, focusing in on the front of the rim with uh, basketball, the same thing. I mean, I know, People often say like aim small, miss small. I like aim small, hit small, uh, much better. But it's that same sort of kind of concept, but it's the next level of that. I think this is something, I think my, my bigger question maybe is more like, is this something, because everything you're talking about doing, like moving the eyes before your head, things like that, um, it seems to be like conscious actions that you do. Now mm -hmm. they can be conscious actions that you train. Exactly. When you train these things consciously, do, have you seen in your training and working with your students that there is a kind of like a, a nat, like a programming that happens like this becomes like, like, do you have to do thousand reps of this in order to make this instinctual? Or is it just something that you're kind of exposing your brain and your eyes and, and how all that works together 
that's a very scientific uh, way of explaining isn't it but a way it all works together like is it kind of training that it's like oh and then it just kind of melds together like how what is the uh, without getting too nerdy with it but it like is that is this something that really can be trained to become a a subconscious kind of action that will really help you like without you having to think about it yeah absolutely uh, and a lot of it has to do with coordinated movement of the eyes which is a challenge for uh well about half the population um about 39 of the population when they shift their focus from one thing to the next one eye moves slower than the other and it has to catch up and during that catch-up time uh there's a time of visual confusion of what in the heck is going on how do i meld these two images that one of them's fluid and one of them's static uh another nine percent when they shift their focus of uh, the one eye moves faster than the other and uh you end up uh, cross-eyed or um converging in front of uh, what you're trying to look at and so that's um was that 48% of the population has that issue normally. Uh, I had it as a result of um, way, way too many concussions and uh, low B vitamins. It made reading very difficult, uh, got headaches uh, all the time, uh, made parking difficult because uh, depth perception, if the eyes aren't pointed at what you're looking at, they're going to either misjudge distances as too close or too far. And so these drills have a, a huge, huge impact uh, that goes way beyond shooting. Hmm. And uh, one of the easy things that you can do is just kind of, it, it's an endurance drill, but um, with the cameras, I'm going to, I'm going to have it in, but you take a pencil and you just hold it at, um, at different angles. So way up high, high and right to the right, low and right, center, low and left, left, high and left. And you hold it in each of those positions and you stare at it with your head as close to straight ahead as possible. And at moving your eyes maybe, around, you've got the, uh, you've got the, the pencil or whatever, like out at arm's length away, kind of making a big circle for those people that aren't watching a vi the video version of oh, the, uh, yeah, the sorry. I thought that's all, no, all it's pretty, yeah. it's, it's understandable. So it's just basically an arm's length away in a, in a large circle around at different positions, but keeping your head uh, straight ahead and then having your eyes just kind of track that around. Oh, on this one, you actually don't track it. You hold it still in each of those eight positions. Okay. And you let the, the eyes uh, track and lock in on some feature on the pin. Hmm. And at first you do it for a second, two seconds, three seconds, five seconds. Uh, eventually, uh, Division One and pro athletes, uh, a lot of times they're looking at doing it for between 30 seconds and a minute for each of those eight positions uh, for most people that's um onerous and for somebody who's not trying to go from the top 10 percent in the world to the top in the world or the top one percent in the world to the to the best in the world uh you don't need to spend that kind of time uh, five seconds in each of the eight positions and doing it in your car at stoplights uh two here three there 
uh, can get it done and get you all the benefits. Hmm. Is that something that they could also do? Like if you're in your car and you're stopped at a red light, could you, I mean, you could break out the pencil and you could do that, um, I guess. Is there any benefit to trying to get into a habit? Like when you are stopped to turn your eyes to the right, like look for something outside, like a fire hydrant or a sign or something like that. Um, I'm trying yeah, to think of like something on the fly that you don't have to plan ahead. You know, it's like, okay, but, but you can do training at the stoplight. Light poles, power poles, poles for poles holding up the, the stoplights. Hmm. Uh, both of those are going to split if your eyes are not uh, pointed at them correctly. So that's kind of the feedback loop for it is that you want it, you don't want to see two of them there. You want your eyes to focus in on something specific so that it is in focus for both eyes. Yes. And then um, I'll, I'll get you a few of these. Uh, there's um, some optical illusions called Troxlers, T-R-O-X-L-E-R. And what they are is you put them out in front of you and if you're able to keep your eyes still, uh, parts of it will disappear. Hmm. And it's, it's a really cool uh, optical illusion. And what it does is it's telling you, okay, are my eyes moving around? Are they fluttering or are they actually able to be still and be quiet? Hmm. Interesting. Okay. All right. I, I did have you uh, come come here with some quiet eye training drill that I wanted people to be able to do. Uh, I'm assuming that was the drill that you've got for people. Is there anything else that they could do that would maybe either show them that this really is a thing or something that would be a benefit to them? One of the things that you can do is just do it with your pistol. Uh, do it straight ahead and focus on the front sight for five to 10 seconds and be very deliberate about um, uh, either you can either do it on the front sight or you can do it on the back plate and focus on a feature on the back plate and then do it all the way out to one side and all the way out to the other. And you'll see a difference in uh, number one, you'll feel tension because it's isometric tension and you're maintaining a stability that you probably don't do on a regular basis. You don't keep your eyes still very often throughout the day. Um, sometimes with uh, staring at screens, you have a, a very limited range of motion, but this is a, this is another level beyond that. Hmm. Interesting. All right, everybody. Well, listen, if you want to nerd out with the cool group also, um, this is definitely something to look into. Again, the, when I when I talk with top instructors, I mean, talking about people that really do top tier training, um, this is like one of their hidden secrets. And I got to say, I'm still kind of a fledgling here and just learning about it. In fact, Mike and I have talked over the years and I've just been like, ah, I want to hear about that. Like, I can see perfectly fine. I just never, you know, I was just ignorant, basically. Um, but it took enough people to really start to say, no, 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 this is really a thing. And so you want to be in the, the cool guys group, cool girls group too. Girls can be in the cool group. Then uh, just go ahead and, and start to dive into this. Mike actually has a, a program on this. You can find at tacticalshootingsecrets.com. Actually, that's over to the, to the Praxis class. But um, tacticalvisiontraining.com, I think, is one of the is the website where the actual program is at. You can also go through 
there is a masterclass on this, a video masterclass that you can sign up for. Um, and that is over automaticaiming.com. So you can, you can go check that out. I mean, to see Mike perform with a firearm is really, it's, it's, it's pretty magical. Uh, just, to, I mean, he, the feats that he does, and they're not tricks. These are things that are science, scientifically backed, um, his own real kind of nerding out and, and developing these different methods out there. I mean, he's, there's a reason why he is the, the mad scientist of the tactical firearms world. So, so go check it out. Automaticaiming.com is going to give you a really good opportunity to, uh, to see more of the science behind it, as well as the um, other tactical vision drills that you can do as well. So go check it out. And until our next Warrior Life podcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. You've been listening to the Warrior Life Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us. And leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive.